What's up, everyone? Woo! Okay, we made it to week two. Totally chill, not nervous at all. Thanks for hanging in there with me last week. There is something about the first time, okay? Isn't there something about the first time? It's like a new audience, a new medium. You got to click all this shit, and it kind of scared me. But I'm feeling really good today. We're going to have a really good conversation about sports, quantum physics, and our kids. So this week, what I want to talk about is a particular athlete. I want to talk about some of his mindset practices and like what the science is behind it and how we can understand the mindset and apply it as awesome parents to help our kids not allow the trophy to define them. So when I was researching what I wanted to do this week about, I was like, okay, how do I figure out what particular athlete to present to you guys? Because I want this to be authentic. I want this to really come from a space of knowing and understanding on my part. So I thought, who better to reach out to than my brother? So I started talking to my brother about um, who his favorite athletes are and what a, way, a great way to connect with the guys in my family, you know? And so he was sharing some of his favorites with me and I started doing the research about this particular athlete. And as I was doing the research, I'm watching all of these different clips and what I felt really, really excited about is how activated I felt just in listening to football. And it made me think of music. You know how music makes you feel a certain way? It evokes an emotion in you or brings up a memory that's all tied to your brain. It's all tied to your limbic system. So it, that is the part of your brain that um, accesses emotion. And that's why when we hear an old song and it reminds us of like someone we used to date or some part of our life, we can get kind of sad or we can get excited if it reminds us or activates us about like winning the championship or something. And so for me, listening to football took me back to when I was a kid and listening to my dad and my brother watching football all the time. At the time, it annoyed the shit out of me. And I really kind of poo-pooed sports. Like, I, it just annoyed me. I was like, ugh, just a bunch of dudes chasing after a ball. What crap, you know? Well, today, I have such a deeper appreciation for sports because there's a reason why athletes make so much money. It's because they activate us. They stimulate a part of our heart and our mind that puts us in a really freaking phenomenal space. 
So now I love sports. I think sports are absolutely amazing. Um, my kids play sports and I really, really, really like to tap into activating them within the sport as well. Okay, so back to my brother. And my brother played football growing up. He didn't play in high school, but he always played little league football. And so did my cousins. And my uncle, Mike, was always the coach. And I was always the cheerleader. Every single season, all my cousins and my brother would play football and I was the cheerleader. And I have so freaking many great memories of Little League football. Absolutely amazing. So it holds a very special place in my heart. So in talking to my brother, um, I'm going to give you a hint. I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to figure out who this uh, favorite player of his is. And he was... Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. He was the okay, the runner up to the Heis, winning the Heisman Trophy for Tennessee. So I want you to put in the comments if you know who it is. Um, what else can I tell you about? Okay, now this one is totally gonna give it away. Um, the first season with this particular team. He threw tons of interceptions, like crazy amount of interceptions. The team's record was three and 13. But then the second season, he turned it around and the team's record was 13 and three. Okay. So do you know? Put it in the comments if you know who it is. Um, okay. So, sorry. I just knocked my water over. Okay. So. Um, I'm going to show you a clip. Yes, I uploaded clips. I'm getting fancy here. I'm going to show you a clip and then I want to talk about some of the things, some of the statements that are made in the clip and why these statements hold so true scientifically in our brain. And then we'll talk about some like exercises we can do with our kids to really activate them in mindset as well. You want something? Go get it. afraid to fail. You can't always win, but don't be afraid of making decisions. You have to believe that something different can happen. He who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. That most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it better than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Ah, okay. So some really powerful statements in that video. He who says he can, can. And he who says he can't, can't. What does that mean? Like, what does that really mean? It's all about belief in yourself. Have you ever seen an athlete win a championship who didn't know he or she was going to win? Have you ever seen a race car driver win a race when he or she didn't know that she could? No, that's not how they speak. That's not how they act. It's just, it's not the way in which they portray themselves. They portray themselves as an activated individual who has stepped into their power, who fully believes that they can do it. So you have to think it before it can become. 
And so let's back up and talk about quantum physics again. I just want to give you kind of a brief synopsis of what it is again. Okay, so um, Newtonian physics talks about movement and large objects and how when you drop an apple, it holds true that that apple is going to fall based on gravity, force, all that jazz, right? New, um, quantum physics looks at um, subatomic particles, how uh, the electrons and protons and neutrons, protons and neutrons within an atom work. And so there's something called the observer effect, which I mentioned last week. What the observer effect is, you can't do a quantum physics experiment without an observer because the study of quantum physics is based on what the observer is seeing and how the observer is affecting the environment around this, around them. And so what it states is that if you are looking for something in particular, you will find it because it will appear because the mere action, the mere energy behind you looking for it brings it about. When you look away, it's gone. Okay, so in the sports world, what does this mean? It means that are you looking for opportunity? Are you looking for if things are going bad for things to turn around? Or are you sitting in a state of loss and a state of disappointment expecting for things to go wrong? Because what happens to us intellectually is as we are playing that championship game and we miss that shot, our instinct is to prepare for the worst. Our instinct is to prepare for missing the next shot unless we have control of our mind. Unless we have created a habit within our mind to tell ourselves that you will make the next shot. I will make the next shot. I will make the next shot. I will make the next shot. So like when coaches are practicing with their athletes and they are running a play that maybe they screwed up in a game. So they're rerunning it. They're not rerunning the play in the way that they screwed it up. They're not reliving that. They're doing it correct in practice, right? They're doing it over and over and over and over. And so that triggers in their mind a mindset. And then it also triggers, triggers muscle memory. And so there's something also very important about how your brain works with regard to the observer effect is that um, when you are actively looking for something, when you are actively looking for something negative to occur because you're sitting in a particular emotional state. OK, so let me use an example here. Um, something has gone wrong in the game. And you get very emotional about it. Let's say the um, referee makes a shitty call. And so you get angry about it. You get angry about it and you go into a certain emotional state. And so what happens is your brain can only match that emotional state with what is going on around it. Okay, so what does that mean? You have like 400 some odd billion signals coming into your brain every single second. And so your brain 
has to filter that information out because you cannot process all of that information at the same time. Like it's too much. So your brain has to filter it out. So what your brain filters out is anything that is not on the same emotional level that you are. If it doesn't match, your brain filters it out. And so that's why when athletes are in difficult situations, good athletes, they stay within the realm of possibility. Okay, so do you know who the athlete is? Nobody's commenting. I need somebody to tell me who the hell the athlete is. Um, runner up to the Heisman Trophy, Tennessee. First season in the NFL, threw a massive amount of interceptions. Record was three and 13. Second season, turned that shit around and he was 13 and three. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to tell you. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is one of my brother's favorite all-time athletes. And so that's who I started diving into. And it was super activating. It was super awesome because, you know, he, he has the mindset of an amazing athlete. And that is why he has done so well. He made a comment that I wrote down. He said um, he was talking about that first season when he was in the game and he kept throwing interceptions. There was many games, but there was one particular game where he just kept throwing that shit to the wrong guy over and over and over again. And why? Why did he do that? Because he was stuck in this pattern. His mind had taken over. He wasn't in control of it, but the coach kept him in. And he said, the best thing that could have happened to me was that that coach left me in the game because the easy thing would have been to walk away. But who wants to leave a game where you're throwing a massive amount of interceptions and come back to the next game, then you just do that shit over again. So he found a pattern interrupt. And what he said was, um, he, he said, it was gut check time to keep believing something good was going to happen. <laughs> like music to my ears, to keep believing something good is going to happen. And this just doesn't matter in sports. You To step into belief to remain in belief in hard circumstances, that's what life is all about. Because it's easy to sit in belief when things are going good, but when the tough gets going, what do you do? Do you surrender and fall into victimhood? Or do you pull your bootstraps up and start talking to yourself and affirming yourself? And telling yourself how amazing you are and telling yourself how okay it is. It's okay. I made a mistake. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move up. Things are going to be okay. Things are always working out for me. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Things are always working out for me. Things are always working out for me. Say it over and over and over again. This is life. This is how we step into possibility. The infinite field the quantum field of infinite possibilities. You just got to stick it out and it gets easier and easier and easier. So I'm going to tell you a story about myself. Um, a little over two years ago, I was in a situation where I had, I was single mom, three kids, and I had this shithole house and I had to sell it. And I was really, really sitting in victimhood very deeply. And I remember like mowing the yard and being pissed off that I was mowing the yard and I was doing everything myself. And I just kept running this script in my head. 
over and over again, this very negative script about how dumped on I was and how alone I was. There was nothing positive going through my head. And then I got sick of that story. And I thought something's got to give here because I can't keep doing this. So I started watching all the inspirational speakers, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hayes, Joe Dispenza, Abraham Hicks. And I started telling myself a different story. Every time I was painting a wall to get this house ready to sell or packing a box or mowing the yard, I started telling myself how amazing life was and how things were always working out for me and how I had this mantra, I am healthy, wealthy, and beautiful. I am healthy, wealthy, and beautiful. I am healthy, wealthy, and beautiful. And my whole freaking world started shifting. Everything around me was responding to what I was thinking. Because my thoughts turned into emotions. My emotions turned into action. I literally shift my person, shifted my personality. I went from this angry little, this angry little woman to this super activated, powerful woman that was sitting in possibility and belief. And my whole world started shifting because. My brain started allowing me to see the possibility around me. Instead of seeing negativity, other pissed off people, shitty circumstances, because that's what my brain was allowing me to see because I was filtering all the good stuff out. My thoughts, my shift in thought, feeling, emotion allowed me to start seeing all the good stuff. And it's a gradual process. But if you are consistent and persistent, your life can completely change. And then what? And then we're teaching our kids. Our kids model our behavior. And then we're activating them. And then we're shifting their legacy. And this science also shows us that we literally, the study of epigenetics, we are literally rewriting our genes. All of that shit they taught you about hereditary disease is mostly false and wrong. They figured that out. Like 1% of all disease is genetic. All the others, all the other stuff mostly has to do with your mindset. Like seriously. So there are three types of chemical or there are three types of stresses in our life, emotional, physical, and chemical. And your body can take a whole lot of physical and chemical stress if your emotions are in check. I'm not, I'm not saying like, go get hammered every night, you know, destroy your body. Like, I don't mean it like that. But this, what is between your two ears is the most powerful tool that you have. The most powerful tool that you have. And so with regard to sports and our kids, I had a great conversation with Sophia a couple of days ago. And what we were talking about, and this was like my... One of my aha moments that I'm a kick-ass parent and I'm doing it right is we were talking about first place. We were talking about she's into theater and she's a horse. She rides horses. She jumps. And we were talking about getting that lead role or getting that first place ribbon. And she said something really freaking cool to me. And she was like, mom, you know, I used to think that 
you had to think about beating the other person, winning them out. And she said, but now I understand that focusing on the other person and making it about them not succeeding and therefore you succeeding is not how it's done. You have to think about your success. You have to you have to internalize it. And so this applies for all sports, right? Like at what point do we no longer make it about the trophy? At what point do we decide to not let the trophy define us? And we make it about being the best person that we can be. And I'm not saying trophies are bad. Trophies are great. Competition is great. But if you do it from the outside in, all you get is the trophy. In a comparison to someone else, if you do it from the inside out, you are 10xing your life, remaining in possibility, enabling yourself to step into the next championship and the next championship and the next glorious, amazing experience in life. And then everything in the outside world responds to you. So you get this right, you get this right everything else naturally comes. That's the way it works. So some tools that we can use for our kids in sports and making it about this and this and not that external shit is before, and you might already do this, and I'd love to know what you do. Tell me what you do in the comments. Let me know what do you do to activate your kids before they go out onto the field or onto their ice rink or whatever sport they're playing, onto the basketball court. What do you do to activate them? So I have my kids do a lot of positive affirmations. I affirm them, but more importantly, they affirm themselves. You know, they tell themselves, I'm an amazing athlete. I'm going to do a great job. This is going to be my best game yet. I am awesome. I am worthy. I am a warrior. I am amazing. I can do this. Um, and then something else you can do. Or I wrote down another, another pointer. Um, oh, this is awesome. Focusing on the feeling. I love. When my kids come off of the ice or out of the jumping ring arena, I ask them, how did that feel? And that way it's about it inside, inside, how did it feel? And so not only are you activating that feeling in the moment, the now, and reminding them to focus on that feeling now, that way later on, before they go into their next competition or their next game, you remind them of how they felt before. And you activate, activate that feeling before the game and it just draws the positive experience to them. Um, okay, so in the comments, I wanna know, you gotta tell me, what are you doing for your kids to activate them before sports? Um, and I would love to know who your favorite athlete is. Um, tell me your favorite athlete so I can start doing some more research and I can really um, form a connection with you guys. I want this to be a back and forth eventually. So speak up and start commenting. Okay, what else do I have here? So we talked about the observer effect, the affirmations, 
Um, okay, that's all I got. Oh gosh, I made it almost 25 minutes. I'm getting good at this talking thing. Okay, I hope you guys have an, oh shoot, sorry. An absolutely amazing evening. We're gonna go out on a clip, pop any questions in the comments. I can't wait till next week. This is gonna get easier and easier and easier and more fluid for us. Thank you so much for hanging with me. Do not forget that you are an absolutely amazing individual. You have something very unique and specific to offer the world. So step into your power, step through your fears and share your gifts with the world because there is no one in this universe that is like you and there never will be. You are a one of a kind, my friend. I love you deeply. I'm gonna go down here now. I'm getting used to this clicking around shit and we're gonna go out on a clip. Have an absolutely amazing night. Love you dearly. Bye, guys. Sacrifice what you are for what you will become.